Episode 12, Free Palestine. Welcome to the Gumberza Podcast, where we explore the intersections of social justice, faith, and action. I hope this helps us continue growing and serving God by serving the people. I am your host, Janelle. Here's things that may be new to you. Alright, so some of you might have might be seeing on my Instagram that I posed a question. What are the not-so-obvious uh, ways that people of faith and church people contribute to people's movements? And um, thank you all for being in conversation with me. Keep being in conversation with me. Keep sending me those ways that you think that church people and people of faith contribute to people's movements. Um, one of the ways that I think is really vital... Um, in having people of faith and Christians in people's movements is because um, Christians or people of faith of the more revolutionary perspective have a role and a responsibility to counter harmful theology, um, harmful ways that our faith, that our language, that our culture, meaning Christianity, is being used to perpetuate harm and to perpetuate oppression and injustice and so in this episode we're going to talk about christian zionism um christian zionism being a exceptionalist imperialist and racist uh, theology those of you who know me pretty well know that palestine was one of the first uh, struggles that i learned about in my own journey and becoming politicized and politicized as a person of faith. I learned about Palestine before I learned about what was going on in the Philippines and after I started um, adopting a more anti-war perspective, anti-militarism perspective as a person of faith. I don't forget the people, the organizations that were around me at that time, um, helping me learn, helping me to deepen in that struggle and um, I'm grateful for the ways that that learning about that struggle and showing up to those events and trying to be in solidarity have helped shape me and prepare me um, to be committed and do, to be committed to the movements that I'm currently committed to. So my own journey of being politicized happened actually um, right after I was coming out of a more conservative, fundamentalist, um, evangelical way of faith. Um, I've been, I was in that for just a couple of years, but I was deep in it when I was in it, you know. Um, and it was during that time that I started reading the biblical text more as an individual and not really questioning um, deeply things around context or history. I just didn't know those were questions I could ask. But because of that experience, I can see reasons why Christians would tend to support Zionism, um, sometimes intentionally, but often by default, because most don't have access to Christian education that encourages um, the type of questioning that is needed, uh, the type of Christian education that allows folks to explore and to learn more about faith through learning about human history, you know, um, and that doesn't address hard questions with, uh, or doesn't seek to resolve hard situations with just quotes from 
the biblical text. Anyway, yes, back to why uh, Christians might support Zionism. One of the reasons, and I experienced this myself, is that I thought that um, Israel of the Bible was the same as Israel of uh, now, of the state, the occupying, occupying state of Israel. I thought that Israelites were Israelis, you know, were the same as modern day Israelis. I thought that uh, Philistines were the ancestors of Palestinians, you know, I thought that they were the same characters and the same players, that these were the same people as David and Goliath, and I thought, wow, they've been fighting for so long, they're always gonna fight because they've been fighting since biblical times, you know, that was my thinking at the time, that they were just destined to be fighting forever, these two uh, peoples. But then I learned that this is not true, that people, communities evolve, shift, uh, change over time, that in the, over the course of thousands of years, people are not the same people and communities are not necessarily the same communities and they're not uh, fighting the same conflicts as forever. Especially as material conditions change for those communities, and especially as cultures influence one another, as people influence one another, to conflate them as if they're the same people in the Bible is not really an accurate assessment of those two peoples and the communities. But you see often in the biblical text, right, you see like Israel being mentioned here, Israel being mentioned there. Um, but the thing is that the Israel that's mentioned in the Bible is a nation and nation in the sense of a people, not nation in the sense of a state. Um, and the difference is that Israel, you know, when it's mentioned in the Bible, it's talking about the collective of people, a community across diaspora. You know, not necessarily tied to a single location, maybe tied to temple, but not tied to a location. And that Israel is very different than Israel, the state. Um, and we're talking about Israel, the, the occupying colonizing state, right? The state, by definition, is something that upholds um, imperialism and is something that is structured to uphold oppression and uh, oppressive, oppressive structures and ways of governance. The Israel of the biblical texts and modern day Israel are not the same at all in that regard. Another line of thinking uh, that I was, that I fell into pretty easily during my conservative evangelical uh, fundamentalist phase was the idea of the end of the world the rapture or Jesus's return and how Israel and Palestine that this conflict, um, if you will, is something destined or even ordained by God in order to ready the world for Jesus to come back. And um, that also has a lot of a lot of uh, problems. So the end of the world, you can have all kinds of um, theological, well, basically, you could talk about the end of the world all day. You can even dedicate your theological education or career on uh, the end of the world or um, eschatology, as, as they call it in academia. Um, but as, you know, the everyday Christian, 
Um, it's heavily based on a decontextualized reading of the book of Revelations. And uh, the book of Revelations was written in coded language as a critique of empire. Coded language because, like I said, it was critiquing empire. So if the powers that be got their hands on this text and they could interpret this critique, the writer could get in trouble. Um, so that's... So the, the, the whole, like, trying to interpret uh, a coded document is tricky. And to immediately say that it's about uh, the end of the world is, is a little bit, is not as simplistic as it sounds. In the end, the stories of the biblical text were stories about an oppressed people. They were not used to justify a imperialist settler colonial state. It was not used to justify oppression over other people. It was about oppressed people trying to find their way and speaking to a God that understood oppression, that understood what it was to suffer, that understood what it was to experience and live under um, injustice. To equate the imperialist colonial state of Israel to the communities that raised Jesus, I think is pretty disrespectful to Jesus, who was a Palestinian Jewish man who was born and raised and organized in the peasant class. Not only that, he was living under Roman occupation, under Roman colonization, and it was that system and those powers that led to his execution. Christian Zionism is using Jesus's name in vain. That's what I would call it. The text is not used for us to remain neutral or complicit and to rely on a cheap sense of grace to justify our own inaction in the face of injustice, especially when our faith is used often to try to obscure and twist uh, our faith to fit imperialist uh, interests and agendas. And if we're going to talk about the end of the world, like many Christians like to do, it's not really about the end of the world. It's really about the ending of systems so that oppression ends. Uh, many of the folks who were writing about the coming of Christ, those who were seeking for something, a new earth, a new creation, were looking for an undoing of the current or that current, that world's um, oppressive systems so that things could start over. And so it's actually a pretty revolutionary idea and not necessarily one about God's judgment, not one about simply we're all going to float away into the heavens. It's about how God is going to manifest justice alongside us as we take action in the streets, in our lives, wherever we may be, and with those that we encounter. So just remember that. <laughs> that in the end, these texts were written by and for oppressed people. And yes, um, the way of empire tried to obscure that message, but we're still here to reclaim the message of liberation, of God with us as we overturn oppressive systems. If you need more in-depth um, 
you know, resources on Christian Zionism, because I just named a couple and I barely scratched the surface, check out FOSNA or uh, Friends of Seville, North America. They have a lot more resources on their website and will also, um, also have resources that help you be in conversation with other people of faith in your lives that are using Christianity to uphold Zionism. Um, and the resources are written from liberation theologians around the world, along with Palestinian Christians themselves. And if any Christians that are upholding Zionism around you are saying, well, why don't we hear the Israeli Zionist side of things? Remind them that that's likely all they've heard their entire lives, um, especially since 1948. <laughs> that's the take that they've been hearing of their faith throughout these many years. I also want to encourage I also want to encourage you to attend an action on Saturday tomorrow uh, to follow especially those of you in the US and in the Bay Area to follow AROC or Arab Resource and Organizing Center uh, follow their social media follow a Jewish Voice for Peace follow Palestinian Youth Movement if you want information on um, actions that may be close to you in solidarity for the people of Palestine. Christians, as I said, check out FASNA. Also check out United Methodist Kairos Response to see what the United Methodist Church has done in the ways of solidarity with the people of Palestine. Also call your representative if you haven't ever yet um, about Palestine. Educate yourselves, educate others, commit yourselves to international solidarity. So thanks again, those who are engaging with me on my social media on Instagram at that rev reverend, T-H-A-T-R-E-V-R-E-V-E-R-E-N. And um, look out for those topics of the perks of having, not so obvious perks of having people of faith and church people in people's movements. We'll take that on in the next episode. All right. So that is it for now. Serve Christ, serve the people. Peace out. Serve Christ, serve the people. Peace out.